Welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell Dowden, publisher and editor of the Texas Hemp Reporter. Uh, Jesse Williams, how are you? Joining me again, once again, from the Texas Cannabis Collective. How are you? It's been a long week. Long week? Long week. A lot of week of corrections. All right. Well, let's do another podcast here with the Texas Hemp Show. Joining us here this week on the program is TPS Labs. We will be introducing Noel and Joe as well as Frank. And and then later in the program, your publisher at the website, um, Austin, will be joining yes, us. Austin will be joining us. And so we'll have him call in and kind of talk about the... Texas Cannabis Collective. You guys, your social media is really strong. I had Coleman over the other day at the office, and he was uh, really impressed with some of your social media numbers that you guys have. And it's it's kind of surprising because we'll post up stuff, and some of it just it skyrockets. Like it takes off. There's hundreds of shares, and then there's really important things that sometimes they go up, and people are like, "Meh, whatever." Like, <laughs> well, whatever y'all are doing, y'all are y'all are doing the right thing. Because I I told him what your numbers were, and he didn't believe it. And I said, "No, go check their their Facebook like, and no, their no, Instagram. They're in the they're up there. They're they got big numbers." So anyway, let's jump right into our guest uh, here on the Texas Hemp Show this week. We're going to be talking about how to take care of your soil, and our friends at TPS Lab. We'll give us an introduction, I guess, a little bit here, but we wanted to let the listeners know that, you know, how you can check out TPS Lab if you're looking to get your your soil updated. Uh, let's just bring these, just bring Noe and, and Joe and Frank on. Uh, welcome to the program, guys. How, how are you guys doing? Russell, how are you? No, good, Frank. Glad to have be here. Well, this is uh, uh, the TPS Lab president, uh, uh, Frank Schultz, is here with us. And give us a little uh, introduction and then introduce your guys, Frank. Well, Russell, you know, we started. I started talking to you about being on a podcast <laughs> after listening to podcast one, especially Ben of Bayou City Hemp, who brought up some things that we've been dealing with for a long time. One is that industrial hemp is difficult to grow as a matter of fact it's one of the most difficult crops there is to grow and still be harvestable and profitable one another thing he brought up was that 2020 is an r&d year for texas well that's true for any first-time grower the first-time grower first year will very likely be a complete financial loss but the uh, the value of it is is in the learning experience because the very, very few first-time growers of hemp have been a success at it. So we always recommend people start off very small and use that as uh, their classroom experience, uh, their, their lab experience on learning how to grow hemp. Another thing that he mentioned was finding uh, genetics at work in Texas. Now, we work all over the country from literally from coast to coast and a lot of places in between. And one thing we've noticed a lot is that people will bring down varieties that do well in cooler climates, wetter climates, and even climates with a shorter growing season, and they bring them down here and they don't work at all or very poorly. So our, our title of this podcast is avoid catastrophe before starting your new hemp crop, a guide for successful growing. And to enlighten everyone and give them some pointers, 
Uh, we have with us Noel Garcia, a certified crop advisor. He's a senior consultant and chief operating officer for TPS Lab. We have Joe Pedroza. Joe is our business development manager and a licensed temp sampler. And he is the first contact a client will have for him after they contact the lab. And, of course, here I'm just here to uh, make noise. So <laughs> I'm going to get out of the way and let right. them introduce themselves. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that, Frank. Noel, Joe, both of you, welcome to the program here. And I'm no stranger to the Valley. I've lived down there for about 12 years off and on in my life. So you guys are keeping it nice and warm here on the show representing South Texas. Uh, yeah, and thank you for having us on, on your podcast. It's a, it's a real pleasure. You know, I was speaking, I wanted to mention, guys, earlier I, I, this during the week, I think this was yesterday, I spoke to Jim over at Express Sampling in West Texas, and Jim was just telling me that, yeah, this season is an R&D year as well, like Frank was pointing out. Joe, can you speak to, he, he had concerns because he said that a lot of folks don't realize what goes in when you're you know, with the with regards to the genetics and the soil here in Texas? People are he was going on and on with me yesterday about how people are buying bad seeds and you know not getting the proper genetics in the this Texas soil. Can you speak to the the soil here in Texas and how it is an R and D year, Joe? Uh, absolutely, Russell. So uh, we've we've noticed, and of course, uh, rightfully so. A lot of our Texas growers are excited and eager to jump on the bandwagon and really play catch up at this point with the rest of the country that's already growing hemp. Um, there's been some work done with, with regards to genetics in other parts of the country, but like Frank was stating earlier, our area is a little unique. Uh, not only do we have, uh, you know, varying climates and weather across the state, also soil types are a little bit different. And uh, unfortunately, some of these folks aren't really considering that when they, when they plan their grow and then when they uh, select the genetic. Uh, so that's really something to consider and that's where we step in and kind of help walk them through that process and, and uh, you know, have a little better understanding of what's, what's in their soil, what the soil is doing and how they can uh, manage that and really use it as an asset instead of liability. What do you think, and Noel, you can jump in on this as well. I just was kind of curious what your experience with your with the clients that you guys have in such an R&D year, we kind of got a late start with the Texas Department of Agriculture kind of growing seeds and putting seeds in the ground by May 1st and getting permits accessed late. I think Texas kind of got a a late start on everything, as Frank alluded to earlier in the introduction there. But uh, what are your clients telling you? How much are they growing? What are they investing in as far as acreage on this R&D year, Noel, what do you, what do you, what kind of feedback have, have the guys you've been working with given y'all? Yeah, Russell, thank you for having me on. Yeah, that was one of the major problems. I think it's just such a late start this year because of the TDA licensing going on. And I think we weren't prepared. Uh, there was a lot of people that didn't do their homework, uh, no, uh, proper irrigation set up, uh, in the drought year, uh, the wrong genetics, uh, also, uh, not knowing how to plant this. Most of those guys who tried, uh, uh, planting this year did, you know, half an acre to an acre. Uh, but, you know, planting 1,500, 2,500 plants and, 
you know, now at the end of the season here, you know, they, they're lucky they have 10 or 15% of the plants left. Uh, major issues with irrigation. Pests were a problem this year. Um, a lot of issues with, say, uh, termites, grasshoppers, stuff like that, aphids. Uh, I think because of the uh, of the proper improper fertility of a lot of these crops, and there's a misconception in the industry, and even though it's such a new industry, is that uh, you know those plants will grow anywhere in any climate, and regardless of drought conditions or not. Well, that's not true. Uh, if you want to grow it commercially and profitably, you've got to fertilize it properly, uh, and that's one of the major issues that uh, we go in and, and properly test the soil. Uh, unlike another crop, like say corn or something, you know, you can stress the plant and worst thing that can happen costs you production, you know. Uh, in this case, it can cost you your entire crop because any stress whatsoever on this crop, it'll come back hot. Yeah, uh, uh, stress, uh, Russell, plant stress stimulates the production of THC in the plants. Now, marijuana growers are very well aware of this, which is why when you look at a, a marijuana plant, it hooks really yellow and sick, uh, but the thing that amazes us, continues to amaze us, is how little or no research of people that want to grow industrial hemp have done. Uh, they they go on the Internet, I guess, and buy them some <laughs> seeds and think they're like going to the garden st- store and buying some, you know, some, some beans or something. They're going to just put them in the ground and you're going to grow a garden. I had the hemp, industrial hemp is one of the most complicated crops there is to grow. I had the benefit be of had the benefit of talking to some farmers, both West Texas and East Texas, <clears throat> earlier in the year. And one of the things I started just pointing out, just in my own mind, was if you're growing in West Texas, you should probably be looking towards places like New Mexico, because the soil will be very similar to there. If you're in East Texas, you should probably be looking towards Louisiana, Arkansas your soil will be a lot more similar to that area. Don't buy seeds and plants from Maine, where it snows all the time. The soil's yeah. completely different. Yeah. Don't buy stuff from Colorado, where it's rocky and mountainous. Yeah, that's what my conversation was yesterday with Express Sampling. He was telling me, man, you Russell, you wouldn't believe how many people that we've had that have stressed out their plants, they're testing hot, and, you know, fortunately, a lot of the guys he's worked with were having smaller grow operations. So that's why I was kind of, you know, as common, what are common mistakes folks make that you guys are seeing, Noel? Well, irrigation is one of the major problems, you know. Uh, one comes to mind, you know, they decided to save money and didn't laser level it uh, or didn't compensate for a slope. So one part of the field was being overwatered, where the other section of the field was not getting enough water. And that was stressing out those plants. Uh, you know, depth of the seeds also, you know, were they're planting way too deep uh, on this heavy soil that we have here in Texas. Major problem. Uh, a lot of insect pressures and so forth. Uh, you know, the other thing that a lot of people don't consider is also is, you know, it's, you know, hemp is used for bioremediation. Uh, so heavy metals is another issue that, you know, I, I wish people would do more testing. And, and that's where we come in. We'll test, make sure that even before you decide to plant on that piece of property, you do a heavy metal test and make sure that there's no arsenic or cadmium that could come back and, and uh, cost you your crop production because it's laced with arsenic or cadmium. And, uh, and uh, by the way, Russell, 
Uh, if you look at a water resources map of well water, you'll see that there are a lot of wells that run from moderately high to high in arsenic. So along with a, a soil test, and we prefer to call it a soil suitability test before you spend a dime on him, is you also need to look at your irrigation water because it can be high in arsenic and other things as well. Well, these farmers, they all range to, like you're saying, you know, thinking about it to the first-time grower who's never grown a crop, uh, to the experienced farmers that that have been growing, you know, tomatoes or uh, Texas oranges or uh, things for all, all their all their farming years. Um, but uh, this is a little bit different for Texans, isn't it? Well, yes, it is. And by the way, whether you're thinking about growing, uh, whether you're already an experienced farmer and uh, and are planning on growing uh, your first crop of hemp. The TDA has a pretty good uh, web page on hemp, and in that it sets out, among other things, approved varieties or strains for Texas, and that ought to be the place where anybody would start. I mean, just right up front in Texas. Go to the TDA's hemp web page. Well, especially considering, like, labs. We talked about this on another podcast about you have a lab done in Texas, you have to have heavy metals, f- fungus, all that all that extra stuff that I guess a lot of other places aren't doing, and nobody's going to really want to buy a crop off of somebody where there's heavy metals within it because the retailers aren't going to want it. They're held responsible for it in the end. Well, we're going to well, talk. Stand by, guys. We're going to take a Frank, we're going to take our first commercial break. And we'll be back on the other side of this announcement. It's the Texas Hemp Show, and we'll be right back on the other side. Our guest, TPS Lab. down at the Green Mountain Flower Company, located up there in North Austin. I used to live right up there on Anderson Mill and 183. Green Mountain is right there next to Starbucks. They have all your CBD products that will keep you healthy and in good spirits. I know my wife takes the CBD oils for her lupus and it helps with the inflammation and pain. I know I've tried the pills and some of the teas that they have down there at Green Mountain. Stop by and tell them hello from your friends here at Green Mountain Flower. Go by there and see Gene and Elsie. The Bloom Box from BC Northern Lights is the ultimate fully automated indoor growing system. Two chambers provide the user with a propagation area and 32 cubic feet of growing space designed to yield maximum results. GrowSmart technology makes the Bloom Box the most user-friendly model on the market by controlling lighting, watering, CO2 and exhaust for you. The optional touchscreen sensor overload package makes the growing process even easier by controlling temperature, pH balance, moisture levels, and more. A wheeled base and lockable doors provide accessibility and security for your plants, while the Bloombox's power-safe technology uses less energy than most common household appliances. Regardless of your experience, the Bloombox will help you take your growing to the next level. Start growing your own today with BC Northern Lights. 
Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. The Texas Hemp Reporter. News, trends, culture, health. Mail to over 1,000 licensed Texas hemp farmers and 100% free in over 500 locations in Austin, Texas. Subscribe today at TexasHempReporter.com. Now, back to the show with your host, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter, Russell Dowden. I'm Russell Dowden, publisher and editor of the Texas Hemp Reporter. You're listening to the lovely Jubal Thompson and uh, his music, a good friend of mine. Uh, welcome back, though, to the program. Guys, this week on the show, TPS Labs, uh, joining us on the phone is Noel Garcia, certified crop advisor and senior consultant and COO there at TPS Lab. Also joining us is Joe Pedroza, business development manager and licensed hemp sampler. And basically, your first point of contact for any dealings when you reach out to the guys down there at TPS Lab. I know Joe was my first contact point. Actually, I, I talked to Joe on the phone before I spoke to Frank. And, and then also on the line is, is president of TPS Lab, uh, Frank Schultz, as well. So thank you guys for being a part of the Texas Hemp Show here on Episode 3. You know, what, what do you guys think? People don't realize the budget that they need to prepare for and the infrastructure, the drying, the storage, you're, you're hauling. What what are some things? Do people overlook some of this, do you think, sometimes, uh, Noel, when, when they're planning uh, their, their, their first ever hemp grow here in Texas? Yeah, they definitely do. You know, they even on the even when the, before they start growing, I mean, they're so behind as far as what they have in the infrastructure, you know, and then I, I guess they're trying to figure out what to do once it comes to harvesting, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of misinformation out there in industry that uh, nobody's actually going out there and looking for that information. Uh, it's a lot different uh, than and a lot more difficult to grow than what people are, are touting it, you know. I heard you guys talking about, you know, West Texas and so forth, you know, very limited water, very high saline water. And, yes, it's doubt traveling to a certain point, but still it requires a, a good amount of water and clean water. You know, all that salty water will start uh, increasing uh, the stress on that plant. One can come back with, you know, a high THC level. So we got to be careful 
And infrastructure is one of the major things that they really have to, you know, even a year before they consider growing it, you know, and they're just not doing that. So a question with that, I'm talking about West Texas, there's a lot of cotton farmers out there. How does a previous crop affect the soil and how this new crop hemp would grow? What do farmers pretty much have to look out for, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, there's a lot of residuals as far as you know herbicides, burn downs that they use in, in uh, cotton crops or, or or stuff as nematodes or wireworms, some of these other pests that uh, you know uh, hemp has been touted to be you know very uh, drought tolerant and uh, against disease and so forth, but uh, that's not the case. So it can't hamper the your your efforts to grow it successfully. Uh, if you're not doing your homework and testing your soil for, for such pests, you know, and pressures. Now, one thing about it, hemp will do just fine, often just fine in the wild. It, you know, it can be drought tolerant. Uh, anybody can plant one. Uh, grow, it'll grow almost anywhere. Uh, all of that's pretty much true, but not as a commercial crop. You know, hemp, like any other crop, has its own special needs, and hemp especially, in order to be sellable, you know, with a high CBD content, what, of 10 plus, 12 plus percent, and maintain that under 0.3% THC content makes it extremely tricky crop to grow. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Let me ask you guys, do you, Joe, is there, I know that you guys offer a, a, a kit. I was just wondering on some of the tips and they need to have their crops prepared for pesticides is there a pesticide solution that you guys offer with your kits or how what what kind of challenges are growers dealing with with pesticides here in texas well as far as uh, pesticides there are not too many that have been labeled or approved for hemp use uh so mm-hmm. any come from uh, what we were talking about earlier a previous crop or neighboring crops where these uh, products are being used uh, we directly don't provide any pesticide options, um, uh, but it is an important thing to consider, especially when you get close to production or harvest, that's something that's going to be. Yeah. Well, can we speak to the, uh, can you guys mention, tell us a little bit about the Acres USA Advancing Industrial Hemp webinar going on on October 5th. I wanted to get that in as a plug. You guys are a big sponsor of that, Frank, and and Joe, what what do you guys can, can you tell us about this at the Acres USA website that y'all are doing with Ryan? Well, as a matter of fact, we had a Zoom session with Ryan uh, today discussing that partly, and uh, the, it's the Acres USA Advancing Industrial Hemp Webinar, October the fifth. And if uh, if you're interested, go to AcresUSA.com pages slash pages slash hemp event, or just go to USA, uh, acresusa.com and click on events, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it'll give you all the information. It'll be quite a deal. It's a day-long uh, webinar. Well, Joe, now, our part of it will be in the afternoon. Uh, Joe, it seems like the time's changed. Uh, do you remember what, what time we come on? Uh, I know that we have a uh, free virtual webinar session type a Q&A uh, at 3.15. It'll be beginning at 3.15 in the afternoon. And then Noe's presentation is when? 
Uh, Norway's presentation will be before that. I believe the time is around uh, one uh, one o'clock our time. Okay, well, that's changed. But anybody that's interested can go to the website, and they will get the updated agenda for the uh, advancing industrial hemp webinar uh, on uh, Acres USA. It's Our, quite, it'll be quite a thing. Lots of experts there. We we've uh, been uh, participated in their hemp webinars before, and they have some very well-known growers and other people on that. I I want to reiterate, yeah, just again, that's the Texas Ship Show. Our topic of this week's show is avoiding catastrophe before starting your own hemp crop, and it's a guide for a successful growing with our friends at TPS Lab here in Texas, and they've got a big webinar October 5th. Is that Monday or Tuesday of next week? Uh, that is... Uh, I think that's Monday, I believe. That is... Uh, yes, that's correct. Monday. See, I know a thing or two, Jess- <laughs> Jesse. I just know the first is in a couple days and I get paid. <laughs> that's me with the calendar. <laughs> well, um, you know, Frank, you spoke about some of the things that the the c- cannabinoids and heavy metals, the biotoxins, and some of the stuff that our guests... Uh, week one on the podcast, John from New Bloom Labs. Did you guys have you? Do y'all are y'all familiar with their work up there in Knoxville? They've got a new facility in Dallas, and I just was wondering if yeah, John uh, from New Bloom. Well, New Bloom Labs was our next door neighbor at a hemp meeting in Brenham last year, and mm-hmm. we started talking. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember now if that was John or not. But since then, when they opened up a facility in Dallas. Uh, he's called several times. We've had some conversations. They do some things that we do. They do some things that we don't do at the present time. Uh, but we're we're on the growing end, the active growing end. Now, he's on the specifically in cannabinoid analysis. And we use, you know, we, we have an HPLC. We... Uh, analyze cannabinoids to the extent of the various CBD isolates and THC. Our interest in all of that is in uh, monitoring a plant quality, which is reflected by the oil, and also watching the THC levels, because NOE can tell you how we use those measurements to control THC levels, and uh, oil content. Noe, can you explain, expand on that some more? Yeah, you know, going into the industry here, you know, there's a lot of uh, harvest and testing, but there's nobody really looking at the uh, fertility needs of the crop, and that's where we come in as consultants, as a laboratory. We're, we're testing the plant on, on a weekly, bi-weekly basis, and what we call the Ask the Plant program where we ask the plant, hey, you know, what are you nutrition in, uh, deficient in? <laughs> so we can forecast up to 21 days in advance before the plants def- see those visual deficiencies, and we feed those plants uh, uh, accordingly. And what that allows us is to mitigate as much stress as possible, you know, whether it be from weather, uh, being drought or cold or, or, or whatever it might be, or hailstorms, or even from insects or disease pressure, because plants are a lot like us. You know, we, we don't have a good diet, and then so we get sick. 
plants are the same way. So we can balance nutrition all season long. That can minimize the amount of, of, of insecticides if there are any that we have to apply or, or, or any potential disease or, or, or botrytis or any of the diseases. They can be very uh, uh, easy to handle or not be attracted to those plants. And knowing also by uh, monitoring the cannabinoid levels, uh, can't you also make recommendations to limit THC? Of course, you know, it all, all starts with plant genetics. You, you know, we, we can enhance the genetics of a strain, but if you've got one that's naturally inclined to produce a lot of THC, we probably won't be able to make that crop harvestable. Is that true or no? knowing that's correct like i said it's such a new crop we're still trying to figure out what those what those are but uh, we know that uh, nutritionally we can mitigate a lot of that stress and avoid the the crop and that's where in season testing of the cannabinoids and especially thc let that dictate when your harvest crop is you know i've been talking to a guy right now in arkansas you know he, he thinks he's got another two weeks but his THC levels very very low. I said, let's go for my oil. Let's see, we can two weeks, and we might have to take longer. You know, we want to go for the high potency because uh, processors. You ask any processor, they won't take anything less than ten percent potency because not worth their time to extract it. So, we're we're going for high quality oil. You know, twelve, fifteen, eighteen percent. We really don't know what the what those genetic potentials are yet. No, do well, you, Russell? Do you have podcast a podcast one? Somebody mentioned uh, the problem with uh, with uh, THC uh, uh, the, the processor getting in a, a, a crop that was too high. And one of the things that we can do by monitoring cannab- cannabinoids is be able to inform the grower before he gets hot when to harvest. Yeah, Noel, one of the processors was telling me recently that the uh, the plants can sometimes change from female to male, and they kind of cross, dance around with that. Is that something you guys have had a challenge with? Yeah, like Joe, I think you dealt with some. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, you're correct, Russell, and uh, that's something a lot of <clears throat> new growers don't really uh, are aware of or don't, don't understand. Uh, you can go and buy feminized seed, 100% feminized seed. Of course, you're never going to get those numbers, but you know, mostly feminized seed. You plant it out there, it starts to grow. Of course, it's recommended that you have uh, regular checks in the field to make sure that uh, those, you know, few males that do come in uh, are pulled immediately before they pollinate the, the, the female flowers. Uh, that's, of course, if we're trying to produce something for oil. Yeah, what do they call that when they transgender, it, trans... Uh, Hermes. They're hermaphrodite, right? They're Hermes. Can, that's right, they're Hermes. Yeah. Right, that, that's correct, hermaphrodite. And something people don't really understand is that it's not too difficult to stress the plant out. When the plant uh, is having its, uh, you know, nighttime hours, you're going to have uh, 18 uh, or, you know, whatever the time is of night that it has. If during the night there's a security light on your field or some bright lights from, from, you know, neighboring buildings shining on that plant, that plant can and will become a hermaphrodite. Well, listen, guys, that's going to wrap our segment up. Our guest this hour has been TPS Lab. And you can find them at the US at the AcresUSA.com upcoming webinar. That's going to be Monday, October 5th. Be sure to check out AcresUSA.com. And if you'd like to learn a little more about them, 
check out Joe and Noel and, and the webinar that Noel will get kicked off on Monday afternoons. And good stuff from our friends with TPS Live. Thank you guys for being a part of the Texas Hemp Show. It's been great. Uh, thanks very much for having us. All right. Thank you so much. There they go. That's TPS Lab. Noel Garcia, Joe Pedroza, as well as Frank Schultz from TPS Lab. We'll be back on the other side with the Texas Cannabis Collective. Yes, with Austin. With Austin. So we'll do that. Jesse's still riding shotgun with me, and we'll be back on the other side. It's the Texas Hip Show. from BC Northern Lights is the ultimate fully automated indoor growing system. Two chambers provide the user with a propagation area and 32 cubic feet of growing space designed to yield maximum results. GrowSmart technology makes the Bloombox the most user-friendly model on the market by controlling lighting, watering, CO2 and exhaust for you. The optional touchscreen sensor overload package makes the growing process even easier by controlling temperature, pH balance, moisture levels, and more. A wheeled base and lockable doors provide accessibility and security for your plants, while the Bloombox's power-safe technology uses less energy than most common household appliances. Regardless of your experience, the Bloombox will help you take your growing to the next level. Start growing your own today with BC Northern Lights. Folks, you know, I've gone through a lot of pains over the last 20 years. My knees, my shoulder, and, of course, that back of mine. Now, I've tried everything, massages, acupuncture, cryotherapy, and finally I found something that really works for me. GreenMountainFlower.com, that's the cure. I've been looking all over the place for something that's going to help me feel good, help me sleep good. Green Mountain Flower has the most powerful CBD oil available, and it's unique, and it really works for me and tons of other people. Now, you'll see all kinds of CBD oils in shops all around the place, you know, the convenience stores and gas stations and places like that but none like green mountain flower and green mountain flower has the most nodule cbd oil retailers right here in austin texas it's natural 100 absorption it's water-based and it absorbs into the body easier it's unique and 100 organic formula and it really has worked give a call today to 512-645-0510 talk to gene or elsie and ask about the great products that they have you'll find them on facebook and online at greenmountainflower.com The producer from BC Northern Lights is a fully automated indoor growing system that lives up to its name. Capable of housing 18 hydro plants, the producer is specially designed for large yields and maximum harvests. GrowSmart technology manages lighting, watering, CO2, and exhaust for you. The optional touchscreen sensor overload package makes the growing process even easier by controlling temperature, pH, moisture levels, and more. A wheeled base and lockable doors provides accessibility and security for your plants, while the producer's power-safe technology uses less energy than most common household appliances. Produce results. Reduce electricity. Incite envy with the producer. Start growing your own today with BC Northern Lights.
The Texas Hemp Reporter. News, trends, culture, health. Mailed to over 1,000 licensed Texas hemp farmers and 100% free in over 500 locations in Austin, Texas. Subscribe today at TexasHempReporter.com. Now, back to the show with your host, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter, Russell Dowden. Welcome back to the Texas Hemp Reporter. Russell Dowden, publisher of the What's the Texas Hemp Show? I said Texas Hemp Reporter, did I? Yeah. <laughs> you did. Yeah, the magazine's the Texas Hemp Reporter, the show is the Texas Hemp Show. <laughs> and quite a show it is. Uh, this has been fun. This is our third week doing the podcast and getting this information out here for our fellow Texans and nearby states, just everyone interested in following the hemp industry that's that's coming from texas and so uh very exciting stuff we're very glad to be doing the podcast and then uh the magazine's coming out our our third issue will be coming out next week and we're just finalizing that joining us in this next segment is is austin from the texas cannabis collective uh kind of stumbled across you guys i've been getting your emails as i've subscribed to that newsletter and i've decided when we started the podcast, I might as well reach out to these guys, and you, and I can't get rid of you. You're, you're still here, but welcome. <laughs> your publisher of uh, the Texas Cannabis Collective, calling in from Dallas, Texas. Austin, how you doing, my friend? I'm here. Can you hear me? So I was just going over some of this work that Josh has written on the article from today, I believe, the evolution of the Texas uh, Ag Commissioner, Sid Miller, on cannabis, really turned things around in the last year, year and a half. Um, yeah, so Sid Miller, several years ago, back in 2015, when there was a hemp bill that was being touted, it, it, we knew it really wasn't going to go anywhere. He, back then, he was um, publicly, at least, uh, not a big fan of cannabis. That's right. Uh, and in 2017, you could tell that maybe he was, you know, open to the idea of hemp, but, you know, marijuana was still a big no-no. And then in 2019, wow, man, yeah, Sid Miller jumped on board, and he was, um, you know, with the passing of the 2018 Farm Bill, Sid Miller really took the bull by the horns, as they say, and really led on the issue and was uh, very instrumental in getting the, the hemp bill, HB 1325, to, to really pass through. There were some... Um, there were some additions and subtractions that were that were put in through the, the committees, but for the most part, yeah, Sid Miller has become a big fan, and, and as we've unveiled the, the Texas hemp program, you begin to see uh, Sid Miller really making national headlines when it comes to broader cannabis use via medical marijuana and, and beyond that. So, yeah, like I said, big hats off to Ag, uh, Ag Commissioner Sid Miller and a lot of the work and and really a lot of the political capital that he's uh, put on uh, to support cannabis. So, 
Well, you guys at the you guys at the Texas Cannabis Collective have been, you know, you guys are in the trenches there when they're in session. I, I know, Jesse, you get down there and kind of make your voice be heard. And, and I think that's one of the impressive things that I've followed since I've been following you guys earlier in the year. Y'all are aggressive with your reporting of the news. You've got great social following. Y'all have been doing a great job. But Jesse, that's—I I mean, I've seen pictures. You're in there. You guys are in there knocking, knocking, trying to track these guys down, and get get their attention. Oh, every week, every Wednesday, <laughs> I'm up there with Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy in Texas. Normal every week, handing something out. Hey, this is this is how this helps. This is how this benefits. This is who it hurts. This is who it's really gonna benefit in the long run. Well, another story I, I was looking at reading was you just posted today or yesterday was comparing marijuana stances for U.S. Senate from from Texas. So we're talking M, M.J. Hagar and John Hornan. There's a Senate race here for Texas. That was an interesting read that uh, I was looking at this morning talking about Hagar and, and Cornyn. And they're, one's pro-marijuana, one's not. And one's more for, you know, the healing and medicinal side of this. Uh, uh, Hagar being a veteran herself, like like you, can you speak to this story that you just wrote here uh, this morning? There's a simple term for what John Cornyn is, and that's prohibitionist. <laughs> just flat out. it's He's a prohibitionist. He's he's done everything, I would say, to, like, sling mud at this concept. Like, he even went as far as saying, these, these marijuana things sound like something that would, like old tobacco ads where they're claiming tobacco is healthy. And it's, it makes you want to roll your eyes. And then we've got MJ Hager, who pretty much has come out and said, hey, you know, this, she kind of talks the way I talk about it. This isn't a single issue item. Right. We want to end the opioid epidemic and we want to change our criminal justice system and get rid of these overcrowded prisons that have low level drug offenders in it. And at least, at least I appreciate she's been clear that when it comes to these offenders, that if they have violent offenses attached to it, it's like, hey, they, they should stay for these actual violent offenses. But if it's just cannabis, let's not have these people here. That's this isn't the place for them. Yeah, Austin, you guys have done do a really great job with getting this information out there. How long has the site been out? How long have you been pu- publishing the collective? Uh, believe it or not, um, really, we had we built the website in the late months of 2018, November, December of 2018. So we're we're coming up on two years of it being an active website where we were, you know, publishing articles and and really doing some some hardcore news reporting. I really, when I created this, it was it was more of kind of a social diary mm-hmm. of what was happening. I recognized back in 2016 that most people they're not going to CNN.com or they're not going to Fox News. The way people get their news nowadays, for the most part, outside of television, is by getting on their social media apps, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and scrolling. Yeah. And that's how pe- that's how people are finding out what's going on in the world, um, whether it's through Vice or whether it's through MSNBC or I mean, you name the the news outlet. So what I did is I just created kind of um, a Texas cannabis-based platform where all I did was focus on what was happening, what was important to the state of Texas, and I really focused on my target market, which is the 20, 28 million, 29 million people that live in this state and that um, can be helped through cannabis. So, um, and, and it really was just, uh, you know, day by day, I would just look at all the different news sources and what was going on, whether 
it happened to be medical marijuana or whether it was a, um, you know, whether it was a drug arrest or whether, you know, there's a lot of cartel activity that happens at the border involving cannabis. You know, whatever is going on regarding cannabis, that was that was what was important to me and what I was trying to get out there. Stay right there, Austin. We're going to take a short, quick break, and we'll have you right back to finish out the show on the other side. Our guest uh, is Austin with the Texas Cannabis Collective and more Texas Hemp Show right after this. Hey guys, be sure to go down and visit our friends Gene and Elsie down at the Green Mountain Flower Company, located up there in North Austin. I used to live right up there on Anderson Mill and 183. Green Mountain is right there next to Starbucks. They have all your CBD products that will keep you healthy and in good spirits. I know my wife takes the CBD oils for her lupus and it helps with the inflammation and pain. I know I've tried the pills and some of the teas that they have down there at Green Mountain. Stop by and tell them hello. Green Mountain Flower, go by there and see Gene and Elsie. The Bloom Box from BC Northern Lights is the ultimate fully automated indoor growing system. Two chambers provide the user with a propagation area and 32 cubic feet of growing space designed to yield maximum results. Grow Smart technology makes the Bloom Box the most user friendly model on the market by controlling lighting, watering, CO2, and exhaust for you. The optional touchscreen sensor overload package makes the growing process even easier by controlling temperature, pH balance, moisture levels, and more. A wheeled base and lockable doors provide accessibility and security for your plants, while the Bloombox's power-safe technology uses less energy than most common household appliances. Regardless of your experience, the Bloombox will help you take your growing to the next level. Start growing your own today with BC Northern Lights. Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. The Texas Hemp Reporter. News, trends, culture, health. Mailed to over 1,000 licensed Texas hemp farmers and 100% free in over 500 locations in Austin, Texas. Subscribe today at TexasHempReporter.com. Now, back to the show with your host, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter, Russell Dowden. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell Dowden, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter. And joining me is our co-host this week again is 
Jesse from the Texas Cannabis Collective, and on the phone with us is Austin, publisher of the Texas Cannabis Collective. My boss. <laughs> your boss, technically. <laughs> How you doing, Austin? Thanks for being a part of the program. And thanks for, oh, thanks for, having and, and thanks for lending me this guy. This guy's, uh, 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 he's not such a pain in the neck after all. Pain no, Jesse's great, and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, you, he's, a, he's a gem, for sure. <laughs> yeah, good stuff uh, from you guys and, and the Texas Cannabis Collective. So you're just over a year, year you know, going into your second year here in this fall and in winter in December. How, how, what got you into this space? I mean, clearly I know that the marijuana laws in, in the national level politically, are, uh, that landscape has been changing since 2014 for other states. But was there something, a health issue or kind of – you know, I've asked Jesse this before on the air in the week one or two, but what was it for you, Austin, that really got you getting behind cannabis in Texas politically? Oh, well, there's a couple things. Um, I was arrested back in 2010 in Tarrant County for uh, possession of marijuana, and it was essentially for some sticks and stems and mm-hmm. seeds. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to I got to venture through the criminal justice system in Texas and experience that. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's not, it's unbelievable that, you know, in other states like Oklahoma or Colorado or California, you know, this is 100% legal. You can, you know, you have avenues to gain access, but in Texas, you know, you're treated like a criminal. And so that was one thing. Also, when I visited Colorado back in 2015, it was um, it was just unbelievable. I was blown away by how well the industry was put together, and I loved it so much and wanted to be a part of it. But I realized, you know, I can't move my family out of Texas, so I got to change the laws in Texas if I want to live out my dream. So originally, I just wanted to stand behind a you know counter and you know be a bud tender. Really, that was that was really the the crux of my dream. But as I got more involved. Um, Politically, I realized that we needed a lot more help and that it was incumbent on me to really make a difference. And and I really just wanted to be proof that, you know, anybody can make an impact. And I'm just a regular guy. You know, I, I don't have any special capabilities or any, you know, special kind of, you know, tools or anything like that. I... Um, I just, uh, I got involved and I showed up and I educated myself and I brought every, and I created a platform by which to help others people get involved and up, keep up to date information. And now, you know, what was a dream to be a bug tender has now just morphed into something so much bigger and now much bigger than myself, obviously. You know, I have uh, Jesse to thank and Josh, one, another one of my writers, another one of my writers, Colt, and, mm-hmm. um, several other contributors who have, who have helped us grow this following that literally month after month, month reaches in the hundreds of thousands of views uh, on, on Facebook alone. I think uh, from what my tally was, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I tallied it up, we're, we're set to reach somewhere in the four to five million per unique account range just on Facebook alone. Well, that's pretty impressive, and and some of the and that's one of the biggest things that people really got to realize to do is, is is to just show up, just just be be 
show up and do something. Or even call. Call and write. If I, I get it. Texas right. is a big state. <laughs> it costs a lot of money to drive from Amarillo to Austin consistently. So write and call. Well, well. Well, Austin, fire off the website. We're going to wrap this up. I appreciate you calling in this week. We look forward to maybe having you on again or even come in in person if you'd like. I know you're up there in Dallas. Uh, fire off yeah, the web- absolutely. Fire the website off again, and, and any final thoughts? Yeah, it's T-X-Canico, C-A-N-N-A-C-O.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group that has over 8,000 people in it. We, we're pretty hot on Instagram, too, so you can find us on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter. We can, you know, talk to Jesse. We have uh, our own social media network as well. So a lot of avenues to get plugged in, get involved. If you have questions, reach out to us. And I can't thank everybody enough for all the support and for all the viewers that uh, have followed us for all these years. Well, thanks for your good work, and we appreciate you chiming in this week on the show. Anytime. All right, thanks. There he goes. Good stuff. Austin, I- that's uh, that's. You guys do great work, man. I got to make a note about the the Facebook thing he he mentions, Texas yeah. Cannabis Collective. Facebook actually censors the word cannabis. It censors so, it. So, and what I mean by that is if you type in Texas Cannabis Collective, you may just find only the page. But if you type in Texas Collective, you'll find the Texas Cannabis Collective page and our group. So the website is TX Cano Cana Cana Co. T X C A N N A C O dot com. Yeah. But so it's because the cannabis isn't in when you paste the link for the news on the social media. Is that done by uh, on purpose? I have no idea. That's <laughs> that was a domain that he okay. registered. Okay. And well, that I, worked I, out. <laughs> I, I always, and, I, and I always suggest if you can't remember that, if you go into Google and type in Texas Cannabis Collective, our site's going to pop up. In fact, I think one of the, if you search, when will Texas legalize marijuana? We're like one of the top articles that sits there. That's one of the things I'm proud of is I'm like, oh, if you search that, that my article comes up. Well, you know, I uh, went ahead and uh, was searching for something earlier for an ad copy for a client, and I was looking up Texas hemp uh, something rather, and uh, images were coming up for, you know, something I was looking for, uh, 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 some, one, of, one of the client's logos, actually. But my logo came up. Oh, before, and so, so I, it was funny that it's I. It's always great when you I, find your own yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's really cool that you find your own logo oh. on a Google image search. And before I forget, Smyrot, S M Y R O T. This needs to happen. The Sid Miller Yellow Rose of Texas cannabis strain. Strain. We, we that needs to happen from somebody. Smyrot. Smyrot. S M Y R O T. The Sid Miller Yellow Rose of Texas. Well, we need to honor that man. Let's let somebody somebody work up that Yellow Rose strain. Be good stuff. Sounds like it. Well, also, you wanted to remind everyone about getting out and voting. The, the register to vote was the oh, yes, deadline it, is Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, the, the deadline is October 5th, and we actually have a post on the Texas Cannabis Collective page that informs you how to go about registering and voting if you haven't gotten a Texas driver's license like ever in the state of Texas. Because people are moving. It's hard to get an appointment. So we want to make, at least give people this information so that way they can vote in this election. It is very important that you do so if you want to see these laws change. That's right. Get out there and vote. Vote guys in. Vote girls out. Girls in. Guys out. However you want to look at it. Get involved. I want to thank our guests this week, our friends over there at TPS Lab, Noel Garcia, uh, Joe Pedraza, and Frank Schultz from uh, TPS Lab. Also, uh, they do have that webinar next Monday on October 5th over at our friends at uh, AcresUSA.com. Check that out. Later in the month here as we get into October, our 
guest lineup will be Justin Fisher on the October 6th, uh, Vera Leaf. Uh, they're a software company that works with a lot of the financial institutions. So uh, a lot of folks in this space know Vera Leaf. Also journey, joining us on the next week on the show is Lee Vernon, the CEO of First Responder Fuel. And we'll talk about some of the medicines and the aspects um, that, uh, that, that CBD and CBG help with. Also October 13th, CEO or uh, Texas Hemp Industries Association, Coleman Hemphill, on October 13th, giant chiming in. The 20th, Mike Wanzek is the sales director over at Hemp Depot up in Colorado. Going to have him on talking about seeds. And um, then, uh, you know, Biochar now is coming up. Be heroic. Nikki Florio eventually. We're going to have Hana on in November from the Texas Hemp Harvesters Association. So a lot of cool stuff coming up. Special thanks again to our buddies here at Takeoff Terminal Studios uh, here in Austin where we record our podcast. All right, Jesse, I'm out of here. Let's wrap this thing up. Yes. We'll see you next week. And then again, Vera Leaf with uh, Justin and Lee Vernon, First Responder Fuel, on the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell Dowden. We'll see you next week. Be safe.